Welcome to And Justice for All, the official podcast of Roosevelt University, exploring the relationship between education and justice, and the transformative power of inclusive education. Hosted by Roosevelt University President Ali Malekzadeh. Graduation speaker Mohammed Samra, commencement is the culmination of a long and difficult journey. He spent many late nights churning through homework in his parents' unfinished basement. He's worked long hours loading packages for UPS. He has dealt with loss, self-doubt, and the challenges of the pandemic. And on graduation day, we get to celebrate him and his accomplishments. In this episode, Mohammed and I talk about his outstanding journalism, overcoming resistance, and more. Please enjoy. Okay, Mohammed Samra, let's get to know you a little. I know you are from Cicero, Illinois, Mohammed. And what was your background before coming to Roosevelt? Tell us a bit about yourself. I was a pretty typical kid growing up. I really enjoyed playing sports. I was on a baseball team with the South Cicero League for about five years. I was actually able to make their all-star team for one of those years. So I was just really into sports, playing baseball, basketball, football, just any sport in general. I loved being outside. And then as I got to high school, it sort of got in the way of my education a little bit. So instead of doing homework, I would prefer playing basketball, playing baseball. So my grades weren't as great, but my three-point shot was always going in or I was always able to make a diving catch or hit a home run. So I had almost to a fault prioritized playing sports over academics. And so that was really all I was concerned with. I was a huge Cubs fan. You know, when they won the World Series, I still consider that to be the greatest moment of my life, just being there. I remember for Game 7, I was with my uncle and a group of his friends, and they were complete strangers that I just never met before. And by the time the game was over, we were all hugging and cheering as if we knew each other for years. <laughs> so it's just great moments like those are often within sort of like my childhood. I have a lot of those. So let me get this right. If I play a horse with you for basketball, and if you beat me, we give an A to every graduating class, to all the seniors. And if I beat you, we deduct everybody's GPA by a point. Would that be fair? I think that would be more than fair because I do take a lot of shots from beyond half court. So okay. I, I like my chances. All right. Fair enough. I used to do that in high school. <laughs> But hey, that was a generation ago. <laughs> now, what made you choose Roosevelt University? So when I was applying to colleges, to a fault of my own, I didn't take as much time as I felt I needed to. So one of the reasons I applied to Roosevelt, as, as funny as it's going to sound, is because in the application process, Roosevelt didn't require me to write an essay. And the Cubs were in the midst of their playoff run. So <laughs> I remember it was, I think, game three or four against the Dodgers. And 
in my head, I was like, okay, I know I need to apply for schools, but I really want to watch this game. So I set aside 20 minutes and I applied to Roosevelt. And I remember I had forgotten that I applied. So when I received the admissions letter back, I was shocked and I was genuinely excited. And then I think as I spent more time at Roosevelt, I started to fall in love with the social justice mission and the uh, the message that Roosevelt tries to send as a university. And it makes me that much more proud to have Roosevelt as a key component of my life, especially over the last four years. Yeah, that's wonderful. So the reason you came to Roosevelt and majored in journalism is that we asked you to write an essay. You see any contradiction in that issue at all? Oh, there's there's a lot of contradictions. <laughs> and I think that's, that's, that's why I think my progress has been so beautiful over the last four years because mm-hmm. in high school, I was not known as a writer at all. Okay. I was getting C's and D's on my essays for my English classes. I was struggling heavily in AP English. Mm-hmm. So just to be able to come to Roosevelt to refine that skill and not only to develop this talent for writing articles, but then to gain confidence in that talent, I think it's such a beautiful thing to watch unfold over the last four years. Yeah, that's great. And why journalism? Why did you choose that as a major? So initially, I wanted to go into sports journalism. Mm -hmm. I saw what the reporters were doing on TV, and my biggest dream was I wanted to meet all the athletes. But then as I got into my sophomore year at Roosevelt especially, I met uh, Professor John Fountain, and he sort of led me along this path of storytelling. And he made me realize that I sort of had talent in telling stories. And I saw journalism now not only as like this device to meet celebrities, but as a way to change lives. And I think that made me that much more passionate about it. And it gave me this outlet to not only do what I love, but to also make a career out of it. That's great. Now, in 2019, you traveled to D.C. to report on anti-gun violence rallies. Tell us a bit more about that trip and how did that experience change you or your perspective on journalism? So I remember when Professor Fountain first proposed the idea to go to Washington, D.C. to report on this rally. I was on the fence about it because, A, I didn't want to miss any of my job at UPS because the paychecks were were low and I was strapped for money. I did need money, so I didn't want to miss work. But at the same time, it was also away from Chicago, and it would be the first time that I traveled out of the state in a very long time. Mm-hmm. So I eventually ended up deciding to go to D.C. and report on the rally, and it was honestly one of the best decisions that I could have made because it was genuinely the first time that I was able to put 100% of myself into my profession. And to see the impact that we had on that rally in terms of the participants seeing us there to not offer any bias, to not spin a narrative, but strictly to tell their story, to tell the story of what's unfolding in front of us. Mm-hmm. And a lot of rallyists really did appreciate that. And I think that that just made me fall in love with journalism all the more. Okay. And then you also became part of the group of students that worked on the Unforgotten 51 project with Professor John Fountain. Tell me about that experience and what was it like working on such an impactful and really successful project? So the first time that 
me and Professor Fountain discussed that project was actually at a gallery that we did for the anti-gun violence rally for DC. I remember we did that at the end of the semester and I was looking for internships and he had approached me about potentially interning for his project. Mm-hmm. So we we sort of began that process. And by the time we got back to campus for the spring of 2020, it was a full-fledged convergence class. So it was the capstone class. I remember very vividly, it was the last day before Roosevelt transitioned into online learning. It was Professor Fountain and I, as well as I think five or six students. And we were sitting in auditorium, I want to say 362, which is where I actually first met Professor Fountain. But we were sitting in that classroom, just looking up information on the next of kin for these victims. And Professor Fountain told us that this was, I remember specifically, he said shoe leather reporting. So this is the nitty gritty stuff, the behind the scenes sort of stuff that nobody really sees where we spend hours trying to trace numbers, trying to trace next of kin so we can get the accurate information to tell these stories. And a lot of those stories that became so successful started with that hard work. And that's something that I want to take the time out and applaud Professor Fountain as well as those students for just their continued efforts in that project and to get it to where it's at. See, that is applying the social justice mission of the university to your craft, to your vocation of journalism. Talk about learning at the same time and then having a social impact, social impact justice to the families of these unforgotten women, which is really commendable. Now, you also placed third in 2020 at the Illinois College Press Association for your piece called Thank You, Kobe. So talk to me about that piece. I decided to write that piece as my little tribute to Kobe. Mm. I know I, I didn't really follow him religiously as a basketball player, but I loved his work ethic. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I can relate to because over my last four years at Roosevelt, I've sort of willed my position through my work ethic. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to capture Kobe in a piece for the torch. Whether or not that piece would have gotten recognized by the ICPA, I feel like I feel like that's definitely a bonus. But I did it more so to display what I felt about Kobe through sort sort of like through that outlet and being recognized for that work I think it it does mean a lot to me because for those first two to two and a half years I was sort of putting in the effort while believing the bigger picture and knowing that in the end it would all pay off and to see it pay off in such a way to be it, it was hard to comprehend at first even because I remember going to the previous year's ICPA and leaving empty-handed. And though I, I was very happy because the torch did gain some honorable mentions, but I was still disappointed in myself and not being able to bring anything home. So to see this year and not only my success, but the success of the torch, we won a lot this year. You know, I'm proud of the staff. But to be able to fix that goal of mine and to win an award from the ICPA from that thank you, Kobe piece, I think it, it definitely means the world to me. Yeah. See, most successful writing and research, whether it's a book, poetry, uh, that most people do well, it's because it comes from the heart. 
there is an internal reason to write it, not just for other people, but you write it first for yourself. And that's what it sounds like. This piece, as well as the Unforgotten 51 project, allowed you and other students to write from the heart. And that's why it was so successful. Now, this past year, you've had to deal with a lot, you know, obviously senior year in college, pandemic, and also losing your best friend to cancer. How have you coped with all of this? One day at a time. That's really how I took it. Losing my best friend, his name was Fabian. Losing him really took a toll on me because it was the first time that I was up close and personal with grief. And he passed away on July 7th. So it was a month before the semester started. But I remember as soon as the semester started, I still felt like I wasn't really ready in terms of to to jump back into my education. But I saw it as motivation because I still felt like I had something to prove. And I wanted to prove that despite all the obstacles, despite having to grieve, having to work over 50 to 60 hours a week, that I could still maintain myself at the highest level academically. And that's sort of how I decided to cope with it. I knew that I couldn't leave myself alone with my thoughts because it is a very heavy topic to think about. So I would always have my classes early in the morning, then go into my job at UPS and purposely double shift working anywhere from 12 to 16 hours a day just so that I can come home exhausted enough to instantly fall asleep the minute I hit the bed Mm -hmm. so that I can avoid sort of staring up at the ceiling late at night. And that's how I decided to cope until up until I remember it's, it's, it's going to sound funny, but when I got my PlayStation five, that the Sony's new system that came out, that's sort of when everything started to turn around. I actually finished fall 2020 with straight A's. And I decided to dedicate that to Fabian because it proved that even despite all the obstacles throughout the semester, being at not only the lowest point of my college year, but the lowest point of my life and still being able to perform at that high of a level, I feel like if I can do that, then there's almost nothing that could stop me from achieving what I'd like to achieve. And I'm going to ask you in one minute about your future plans. But before that, tell me which professors had the most impact on you and your experience at Roosevelt? So for me, there are three that stand out specifically. I mentioned Professor Fountain because he's been my number one mentor over the last four years. Mm -hmm. He's taught me more about not only journalism, but about myself as a person. And he's been the main reason why I've found confidence in myself, in my writing, and why I've developed as, as such a fluent writer. Another professor that stands out is Linda Jones. Her feature writing class is what sort of taught me how to express myself in my writing. It was in her class where I wrote about my brother, uh, Musa, who nearly passed away in 2019. So that was really the first time that I wrote from the heart. And after doing that and seeing the reactions that that piece got, it sort of motivated me to write from the heart more. Because not only was I putting my struggles out there for an audience to read, but I was putting my struggles out there for an audience to relate to. And the last professor that I'd like to mention is Billy Montgomery, who I've known since my very first semester at Roosevelt. 
And he nudged me to join the torch during my junior year. And I feel like if he wouldn't have given me that nudge that I needed, then I would be nowhere near as prepared to enter the field as I am. And there's a lot that I've learned from both him and the staff at the torch that have just aided me greatly in developing as a journalist. Well, that's wonderful. You won the 2020 McClellan Reporting Award. You won the 2021 Presidential Award for Social Justice, along with your classmates on Professor Fountain. You have been published now in Chicago Sun-Times, and you're a graduation speaker. And you are graduating debt-free, which is phenomenal. Congratulations and all of that. Now what? I don't know. And I mean that in the best way possible. One of the biggest lessons I took from Roosevelt is to not overthink because the unexpected comes and it comes quick. The entire process of becoming graduation speaker, from nomination to the email notifying me that I received the position, I think was a week. So, and when I started the semester, I didn't even know that there was a process that I'd even be considered to be a graduation speaker. So I'm still actively looking at what's next. I do eventually want to make it to the national papers like the Chicago Sun-Times, like the Chicago Tribune, like the New York Times. One other important aspect is I do want to give back. I want to go to grad school and obtain my master's degree so that I can come back and teach and sort of have the same impact on students that Professor Fountain had on me. But in regards to the immediate future, I am focused on enjoying these last, well, now it's this last month before graduation. The time flies so fast, but I just, I want to take in every single moment of today because none of us are promised tomorrow. Okay. No, that's wonderful. Uh, You know, we can keep you here for a while and not graduate you. You know, that way you don't have to worry about, you know, uh, taking more classes and so forth. Of course, I'm joking. This is tremendous story. I'm so glad for you and your success. And I'm so glad you will soon be Roosevelt alum. And I hope to see you in a master's program. And also, I have no doubt that you will be successful. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. And Justice for All is produced by Roosevelt University and is available at roosevelt.edu or anywhere you get your podcasts. The music for And Justice for All is written and produced by Jesse Case. Thanks for listening.